Hi, my name is Julie R. and I'm a great compulsive overeater. I have the privilege and the honor to introduce the speaker. I have known Terry A.H. for about nine years. And, you know, what I've seen is how a woman lives in the circle and the triangle consistently. Um, the, her level of commitment to helping the still suffering compulsive overeater is astonishing. And, you know, she does it with with humility. There's one thing I want to read that des describes her. It's on page 85. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. How can I best serve thee? thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. And I just, um, you know, Terry will always take it to prayer and meditation. And with that, I would like to introduce Terry A.H. Well, thank you, Julie. <laughs> brought me to uh, um, tears, and I'm so grateful to be here with you today. My name is Terry A.H., and I am a compulsive overeater um, in Maine, and I want to first thank the committee for inviting me. Um, it's such an honor and a privilege to uh, carry God's message and to help those that don't know there's a way out, um, and uh, I'd like to just start with a prayer um, first, and just kind of let God come in and speak speak uh, through me. Um, so God, let your love shine through me like a fog light for those who are lost, sick, and dying, that they can find your love through me in this 12-step process. Amen. And um, I want to come here today with um, an open heart uh, uh, and just speak um, speak from my heart and uh, with uh, just transparency and, and authenticity and uh, just what my journey's been like. Um, so I'd like to just start out with just my numbers, um, not going into a lot of food log because that we all get here because we hit a bottom. And so um, my abstinence date is July 10th, 2004. So I actually had an anniversary yesterday and um, I'd sit here by the grace of God. Um, my top weight was 250 pounds and my weight loss was 140. So um, I've been able to maintain that for the last 16 years. And um, so my journey today is, um, as you can see, I have a, a board behind me and my hopes and prayers is that I'd like to take you through this journey, through the 12 steps, um, what my journey was through the 12 steps and um, with an actual visual today. And I'm not sure how it will go because I'm not, used to doing it this way through the Zoom. So we learned from our mistakes and um, I just leave it up to God and how, how the outcome will, will be. So um, so I, I just want to kind of, and I'll be um, referencing some from the big book um, as it relates to my presentation today. And uh, um, you know, I came into the rooms um, my first bout was uh, in the 80s and I came back in the 2000s and I stayed for about 90 days. And then I had, you know, I didn't know about the disease aspect. I had the, um, you know, I had the notion that, uh, you know, just it was about weight, weight loss and uh, staying abstinent. And I did that for 90 days, but my thing was I had reservations from the start that I wasn't going to stay, that I had the food plan, I was losing weight. And now I could do it on my own. And what happened with that, it, um, I left program 90 days. And what happened for me was it led me into a four-year relapse. So um, that's when my journey um, 
my journey really began. So I always say my first bottom got me to the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. My second bottom got me to God because those that four-year binge, um, I don't wish it upon anyone. And if you're currently in the food, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and if you've been out of the food for a while, um, I never want to forget that day. I never want to forget July 10th, 2004, because it was, it was, um, I came in with so much brokenness and so beaten up. And so, um, you know, sharing my journey through the 12 steps, um, you know, that first bout was, you know, just going to meetings and not working the steps is like painting over rust. You can make it look good on the outside, but underneath it's still rust because I'm the problem. But I didn't know that. So when I came back in 2004, my journey began and um, Bill talks about, so I start out with this blackboard because it's, it's really about, you know, my darkness. And when I came into program for the first time and, um, you know, I just had that, that bitter morass that Bill talks about um, on page eight. He says, no words can tell the loneliness and despair I found in that bitter morass of self-pity. Quicksand stretched around me in all directions. I had met my match. I had been overwhelmed alcohol or food in our case was my master and um and then uh you know he he talks about you know how dark it is before the dawn in reality that was the beginning of my la last debarge i was soon to be catapulted into what i'd like to call the fourth dimension of existence i was to know happiness peace and usefulness in a way of life that is incredibly more wonderful as time passes and so um when i came back um i came in uh, with this with uh, the grace of grace of God, the grace over darkness. So the acronym is God. So, you know, I say my first bottom got me to the rooms. My second bottom got me to God. And, you know, Bill talks about, uh, you know, on uh, page, uh, he talks about, you know, how he hit his bottom on uh, page 13. It says it was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than himself. No more was required of me to make that beginning. I saw that growth could start from that point. Upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. Would I have it? Of course I would. So I began to work the steps and I, I, I began to learn what my disease was. And, you know, we, my guide and I, we opened the big book and we talked, you know, we read the doctor's opinion and I had to get really clear about what my, what my first step problem was um, so that I would never have to go back to the food. So what I've learned is that um, I physically suffer from compulsively overeating, you know, I get this abnormal reaction that once it starts, um, once I put my alcoholic foods into my system, I find it impossible to stop and I lose control. And with my mind, you know, the doctor's opinion talks about the mind, but he really focuses on the physical. But with the mind, you know, um, I learned that I get this obsession. It talks about, you know, uh, men and women drink or men and women eat because they like the effect. And so, you know, with my mind, I get this obsession, which takes all over ideas, uh, all over other ideas. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm in this delusion that I have control over that, that alcoholic food. And I, be, I begin to compulsively overeat. And I, I call it the cycle of insanity. And, uh, and so I learned about my physical that once I put any alcoholic foods into my, into my body, it sets up this phenomenon craving for more. And, um, and how I really kind of had, had, um, you know, experience with that is like they say in, in more about alcoholism, you know, if you can drink like a lady, our hats are off, or if you can drink like a gentleman, our hats are off to you. And, and so it's that experiment where, you know, you take your binge food, whatever you love to eat, but you don't have any control over, you can, uh, 
you know, it was suggested that I take two of something of my binge food and try eating just two a day, no more, no less for 30 days. And that was just, that was impossible for me because it's like my, my idea is like, why even bother? And so I learned in Bill's story that, um, you know, I, I eat like Bill drank, you know, I think like Bill thinks and I feel like Bill feels and Bill's story became my story. And so I got this clear understanding, you know, of, of my physical aspect of my disease, which, you know, brought me into, you know, the, the section of there is a solution and there is a solution It talks about um, the feeling of having shared. So this is on page 17, the feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement, which binds us, but that in itself would never have held us together as we are joined. And so, you know, it's, it's really, that's the first part of the cement, the fellowship. But that in itself would not be enough for me. It would be like we all come into meetings and just and carrying and just sharing the message of our problem, which is not really the message, and 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 leaving our own separate ways. So the good news is the tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out which we can absolutely agree, and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism or in our case um you know compulsive overeating or undereating whatever your whatever your um your disease aspect you know uh, is and so um i learned like the first step you know that's that's the that's the foundation of my program so um i like to just start off with you know the foundation of our fellowship which is step one and um and i may have to stand up to do do this because I'm not that tall sitting down but so you know I get the foundation of my program but I have to know what that foundation is in order to keep it so you know I learned and there's a solution about the three types of eaters there's a moderate eater the hard eater and the real compulsive overeater and the difference for me you know to kind of break it down the moderate eater and the um, hard eater um, they put down the food with no solution and their life gets better but for me, the real, real compulsive overeater, I put down the food with no solution and my life gets worse. And that has been my story. And, uh, um, and that's why I'd like to really, really just talk about that because it's like, if I had the power, you know, if I had the power to do something different, you know, diets would work. And I always say the word die is in diets. That's why they never last for someone like me. And so I had to learn the physical aspect of what separates me from the moderate and the hard eater. And so I saw my truth for the, maybe for the first time ever that, you know, once I pick up, I can't stop and I can't stop from starting again because I have this mental obsession, this mental twist, you know, um, I have a mind that cannot connect the dots and I have a mind that has this, uh, has no memory of, of my last binge and it will always tell me that it'll be different every time and it will take me back to, um, you know, compulsive overeating over and over again. And so, you know, we move on to, you know, uh, I learned in more about alcoholism that, you know, that's why I like to call more about alcoholism, uh, more about relapse, because it's all about, you know, four stories. And um, I have, I really have to see where I, you know, I've lost the power of choice and control. You know, I lose power of choice of not eating. I lose control over, you know, over myself, whether or not I compulsively overeat again. And if I could just choose, I don't need a spiritual solution. So that's what separates me from the hard eater and the moderate eater. And if I don't need a spiritual solution, then I don't need the 12 steps. And if I don't need the 12 steps, I don't need to be here. So, um, 
you know, the one statement in, in more about alcoholism, you know, about the disease is that I'm not, I am, you know, uh, I'll see that I am, I want to be like other people or, or that, that statement really has to be smashed because I'm not a normal, I'm not a normal eater by any means. I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm the binge eater that will go to any extreme to get my binge foods. And, um, you know, part of my story is, you know, I, I worked in the bakery department for 28 years. So I was going to work every day, you know, thinking that I had control over that and that I could do it different. And every morning was the same. And um, I just couldn't understand why I couldn't get out of it. And I had to ask myself, you know, who in the right mind would continue to binge or compulsively overeating, knowing that the awful consequences. So I had experienced that awful consequences every day. You know, I get to see where I live in this delusion that someday I'll, uh, I will be able to control my eating. And that's the true definition of insanity. And we hear in the rooms, you know, uh, the true definition of insanity is, you know, doing the same thing over and, and doing the same thing over and, and expecting different results. And what I've learned that my true insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, knowing that you're going to get the same results, but doing it anyway. And that's, that's the definition of insanity that I, I like to use. So the book really is going to help me smash any ideas I can do to write about face and eat like a lady. And that has been um, my, my, my truth that I, I cannot eat like a lady. Like I will eat in secret. I will take food out of the trash. Um, I will um, pretend that I'm normal and go to a function, but I will have binge foods, um, you know, uh, stashed in my car, um, in my drawers, in my clothes pockets and um and that's that's my truth i i can't i i have no control once i start and so you know uh in more about alcoholism it talks about um you know i really you know it talks about four stories and there's like a man of 30 and but uh there's a man of 30 and then there's jim and then there's uh the jaywalker and fred and you know the man of 30 um has no no so these are the things that are not going to keep me abstinent. So no amount of time can make me normal. Um, you know, if I'm not working the steps, um, I always say no solution, no steps, no sanity, no serenity. Um, time doesn't equal recovery. So if I'm sitting here, you know, just white knuckling it, then that's not the way God wants me to live. And in Jim's story, you know, Jim didn't grow his spiritual life and he worked with others. And so he made a beginning, but uh, he didn't keep the connections and solution going. So, um, you know, he relapses. And then the jaywalker, which is one of my favorite stories, you know, who repeats the same behavior and expects different results. You know, um, I have to ask myself, am I doing the same thing, expecting different results and, um, you know, and nothing's changing. And then we had Fred, who's full of self-knowledge, and that also didn't work. Um, because for me, you can't fix a spiritual malady with a mental illness. And that's what I have. I have a mental illness that will always tell me that I have power, choice, and control. And um, the truth is, I lose power, choice, and control. And, um, you know, just, just knowing about my first step problem is not going to keep me abstinent. It's about really working these 12 steps. And so um, these are all stories of prisoners with distorted thinking. And that's me. I mean, I can fit every category. So, um, you know, step one, you know, uh, so I learned about my physical, I learned about the mental, but the, the piece that um, we don't really go into, which I love, um, the process that I go through is about the spiritual malady. And, you know, they talk about the main problem centers in my mind. So, so physically, I have this disease on one side, 
mentally I have it in the middle. So there must be something on the other side. And, and that's what we call the spiritual malady, which is the unmanageability. And that um, is really, you know, they talk about um, lack of power is my dilemma. So if lack of power is my dilemma, then what are they talking about? What is a dilemma? A dilemma means more than just a problem. It means um, faced with alternatives that I don't necessarily like or agree with or even want. So for example, I, I like to use the example of it's like running from a wild animal in the woods and I come to the end and I've reached this cliff and now I'm faced with, am I going to jump off the cliff or am I going to run back to a, that wild animal? And you see, I don't like either. So, you know, that that's what slumber is. And so, you know, the lack of power, you know, I, I lack the power. I lack the ability to control the amount of uh, food once I start my alcoholic foods and I lack the ability not to pick it up again. And now, I get to see where I lack the, the, the ability to live a successful life on my own power. So, so it brings me to that spirituality, which is the unmanageability. And I always thought that unmanageability was, you know, what happened on the outside, you know, just, you know, different, different consequences. And that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about, you know, why does the mental obsession show up? It shows up on page 52 on, on the bedevilments we call, you know, um, the spirituality. And it's something I can't see. It's really within me, um, it's inside of me. I can see the conditions going on around me whenever I'm feeling restless, irritable, or discontent. But the bedevilments are going to be anything that um, frustrates me, harasses me, or torments me. And they're just the reflections of what's going on around me and how I interact with the world. So for an example, I'm a visual, as you can see. Um, you know, I can, I can see the strong wind blowing so, you know, picture a storm coming, you know, I can't, I, I can't see the strong wind coming or the storm, but I can see the debris around it and I can see the destruction that it causes. So I look at the, I kind of use that as, you know, the, the example, the strong wind being the spiritual malady, which is inside of me and, uh, and the, sto the storm within me and the debris being the bedevilments, which um, are the destruction outside of me. So that's kind of how I look and I need to be connected with that, uh, the spiritual solution. So I always say it's an inside problem, but it's also an inside solution because only God can take care of that spiritual malady. And so I understood why I kept going back to the food because I was disconnected spiritually inside when I get irritable, restless and discontent, it's always gonna manifest itself on the outside. So I, um, you know, so I got a real clear foundation on step one, which brought me to step two. And, you know, step two talks about, uh, um, on page 47, uh, uh, it says, now, uh, do I now believe or even willing to believe that there's a power greater than myself? As a man can, as soon as a man can say that he has believed or is willing to believe, we practically show him he's on his way. It has been repeatedly proven among the simple, um, upon, sorry, um, it has been repeatedly proven among that this upon this simple cornerstone, a wonderful effective spiritual structure can be built. And, and so that, you know, brings me to step two, which is the cornerstone, which is going to start, you know, the stones for the arch. And I like to read this too, because this, I'll share with you what I do with this. It says that was gross, but if we wish to grow, we had to begin somewhere. So we used our own conception however limited it was. So step two brings me to the step of just coming to believe, you know, and not having to have this relationship with this power at this point, not even knowing what this power is, but know that step one, I'm powerless. So I need something outside of myself that's gonna help me live in a different direction. So 
I always give proteges and sponti, you know, this little thing with that uh, writing on it. And it's, it's a tiny little mustard seed. And I pass that out to proteges and when I'm working with them just to, um, because that's all they need to uh, continue step two. It was just that little thing of mustard seed to keep them going. Which brings me to step, step three, you know, because I know that this power, I need a power and uh, um, greater than myself to help me live. And so coming to step three, I make that decision, you know, um, if I want to uh, continue the way that I've been living or if I want to be turned in a different direction and make this commitment that um, now that I see all three aspects of step one, that, you know, I, I lack the, you know, I lack the power physically, mentally, and spiritually. So um, running my own life has never worked for me. So now I get to turn this, this uh, you know, in a different direction to let this guide that I might not understand at this point to, you know, take me to the step through this, through the rest of the steps. And step three for me was all about making that, making that decision to continue the rest of the steps and not, um, you know, and not know what it might look like. Um, you know, my, my guide at the time said, you know, let's try the experience and not get the results later. And, and I knew, like I was done, that I was desperate, doomed and done, and, and that I could be turned in a different way because I, I knew this power, I saw this power helping you, so, so why wouldn't I believe that it wouldn't help me? And so that brought me to the, to the cornerstone, uh, to the keystone, which is going to lock all the rest of the stones together. I'm going to try to do this without, I don't think I can. Okay, so bear with me. I usually do this when I'm standing up, so sitting down is a little bit more. Um, so the cornerstone is the stone that, you know, connects the rest of the arch together, and um, it's it's the important, important stone so that I can live this way of life through this arch. And so, you know, I begin to do my inventory with resentments, you know, fear, and I look at my sex conduct, or, you know, um, it might not be sex conduct, it might just be relationship conduct. And I see where, you know, going through the steps where I see that, you know, that I need power. And I see also that on my power that I couldn't have done anything different because I didn't have any power to do anything different. I always had morals and values, but those morals and values did never held up when it came to compulsive overeating. I always did what I didn't want to do. And I wouldn't do what I wanted to do ever. And so, you know, um, doing a four and then uh, bumping it out with uh, a five with, with my sponsor, you know, um, just brought me this new freedom to see what was objectionable in four and five so so that I could take it to six and seven. So step four, um, uh, I'm going to do this. I did a four. I saw my resentments and my fears and my sex conduct. Um, and I did a five. You know, I, I talked to that guide and um, I... Uh, saw where I needed God's help, which um, brought me to six and seven. I had the willingness to take everything that, started in a, uh, that was objectionable in, in, in four and five um, to the six and seven, which um, it turned me in a different direction. I got to uh, go home and uh, it says on page uh, 70, 70 uh, let me just get there real quick. Um, 75. It says, returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour, carefully reviewing what we have done. We thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. Taking this book down from the shelf, 
We turn to the pages containing the 12 steps, carefully reading four or five proposals. We ask if we have admitted anything for a billion hours to show walk a free man. Is our work solid so far? Um, are the stones properly in place? Have we skimped on the cement which we put into the foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? So this is when I go back and I, I look over the first five proposals, you know, is, is step one still my truth that I'm powerless physically, mentally, and spiritually? Uh, step two, you know, do I still need this power to run my life on a daily basis? And, you know, in three, you know, am I done playing God? You know, do I need a power to run my life successfully where I've failed over and over again? And then four and five, you know, am I, have I been thorough on four and five? And um, the answer is, you know, the answer Excuse me, Terry. Excuse me. I'm sorry. We're having some trouble with your audio. Uh, it's cutting out a little bit. Okay. Um, what do I do about that? Uh, you may just need to turn off your video. That may be the only option and if it's garbled. Okay. Let sorry about that. that. That's okay. So I'll just, I'll talk as I go along. Here we go. Okay, is that better? Yes, that's better, thank you. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I continue with uh, four and five, um, six and seven, I apologize for the video, so you can't see the rest, of the rest of the arch, but you can see where I was going with that. So I do a six and seven, you know, I, I turn to this power, um, I see where everything that I learned in four and five was objectionable that you know, on my own power, I couldn't have done anything different, that um, there's now a power that wants me to, uh, you know, do his work. So I, you know, I take it to, I take, I take the seven step prayer, which is, you know, when ready, and when they say when ready, what does that mean? Um, says when ready to change. So I get, I get to get changed in this different direction. I get to cooperate with God. So it says my creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. And so, um, you know, I learned um, in seven that I get to walk through this archway. You know, I get the stones at six and seven. I begin, I go home, you know, I make my list, um, you know, with, with eight from uh, the four-step inventory, you know, I, I see you know, where I need to make amends, you know, I make this list of people that I've harmed. Um, you know, I do it by three by three by five cards. I write down, you know, what, what, you know, the person's name, you know, if it's a plus or a minus. And if I, if I continue with the minus, then I keep praying for the willingness. And then, you know, I have clear cut directions and how to go out and make that amends. And, um, I've made many financial amends, um, and I've made many amends, uh, direct face-to-face uh, -face and with nine and then you know it brings me to ten where I, uh, I I love ten because I call it the walk around step and um, I get to see where um, you know where I need need God's help every day and that I'll fall short you know if I'm not connected or plugged in but the good news is you know where I fall short I get to clean that up immediately and and make make amends you know it says uh, this thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any mistakes as we go along. So this tells me I'm not going to get perfect, but I am going to make mistakes. And, um, you know, I say today I welcome my mistakes um, because if I didn't make mistakes, I wouldn't need God. And so um, it's a, it says we rigorously commence this way of living. So I'm living this new way of life. I have a solution to my problems every day that I can clean up and um, 
now I have to hold on to them and create more harm. And so it says, continue to watch. Um, uh, as these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. So I'm asking God every time resentment or fear comes up. And I, I, I'm turning to this power now because in four, I was turning to people to get unplugged to this power. And now I'm turning to God to stay plugged in. And it says, we discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. And this is really about, you know, not, you know, what I've been taught is it's not actually always about going out and helping somebody because that may not be, you know, the case at the time, but I can always turn my thoughts and prayer to someone, you know, and maybe make a call to them later. But at the time, it's not always sufficient to, to go and, and help somebody. So it says the thought, it doesn't say our actions to someone we can help. Love and tolerance is our code. And so that's the code that I want to carry on a daily basis is that love and love and tolerance. Um, and so, you know, when I, when I'm meeting with people, I always ask God, you know, um, to really check my true motives in everything that I do. Um, because sometimes my motives may not be in the, in the right place, which brings me to the 10 step promises, which, you know, um, one of the things that I take into prayer meditation every day is, you know, um, the first line of the first promise, it says, have we, we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, or in our case, food. So I bring that into prayer meditation every day, because that's what, you know, one of the principles is, is that I stop fighting anything or anyone, even, even food today. And is that currently happening with me? And I get to look at that in step 11 with a nightly review, um, which, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how you do it, if you write it out or if you, if you just talk it out, as long as you're doing it. And um, I found such freedom in step 11, um, especially where, uh, you know, prayer meditation has become part of my daily reprieve um, because I know how much, uh, I always say like, if I'm having a problem, you know, with anything that it's always a first step problem because now I may be away from the food physically and I may be away from the food mentally, but how am I doing running my own life? So it's always a step one issue for me that I need this power. I need to get replugged back into this power so that I can continue this way of life that they talk about in step 10 and 11. And step 12 for me is like the, the really the, the golden nugget. Um, it's all about what was so freely given to me um, to pass that on to others. And it's such a joy and a privilege to work with others um, as uh as I get to see, um, not by me, I just say for me, I get to plant the seed and God does the growing. Like I just, I, I'm just a plant seeder and that's kind of how I look at myself. You know, I get the honor and a privilege to hold the lantern for someone else that um, doesn't know there's a way out. And um, it's, it's, it's such a privilege, um, you know, and to actually let go of the outcome and how, you know, how, how I do it is, you know, working with others. We always start with prayer meditation you know, um, and I always invite God into our session because um, that's really, you know, it's, it's I, I just kind of look at, you know, um, we are the, we are the, I say we are the Oreos and God is the cream. And so I get to uh, look at the Oreo at a different, different perspective today and invite God into everything I do. And, you know, with this special, you know, with this talk today, this presentation, um, you know, for me, it, it was all about, of course, you know, of course I had fear coming into this, not knowing, you know, if the video is going to work, which we found out how God has a great sense of humor. 
And, um, but I always bring in, you know, God, if I go do this, will you go, will you go with me? And that's kind of the question that I ask every time that I have fear, you know, God, if I go do this, will you go with me? And of course he always comes with me because I wouldn't be able to, you know, this is not me. Um, I have to just say, this is not me, you know, doing a presentation today. It's an honor and a privilege. You know, I'm supposed to be sitting on the couch, you know, binging my brains out and, um, really just focusing on myself, you know, the selfishness and the self-centeredness that, you know, that's me, um, to, to be able to do this today and to bring the message of hope and to carry God's message, not Terry's message, but God's message, um, as the result of working the 12 steps, it's been an honor and a blessing. And, um, I'm so grateful that, uh, I get to share my journey with you today. And with that, I will close with um, page 25, which is my favorite page. And um, let me just go back. It says, the great fact is just this and nothing less, that we've had a deep and effective spiritual experience, which has revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows and towards God's universe. The central fact of our life today is the absolute certainty that our creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for which we can never do by ourselves. And that's definitely um, my experience today and such a great promise. So thank you everyone for letting me share and I will close with that. I'll pass it back to the secretary. Thank you so much, Terry. Um, I didn't say this in the beginning, let me say it now. The opinions expressed in the shares in this session of those of the individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. OA members are reminded when sharing to speak to your recovery in the program of Overeaters Anonymous. And uh, we now have until uh, 1053. Um, I don't know if we're supposed to do questions or shares, so unless somebody tells me otherwise, why don't we just open it up for two-minute shares now until um, that time. So the way that you do it is you use the raise hand button in the participants panel, but because we have 10 pages worth of participants, if you just physically raise your hand, I can't see you. So if you want to share, okay. Um, I see Sue G. So Sue, would you like to start us off? And Sue, uh, you are yes. seated now. Thank you so much, Terry. That was just extremely wonderful. I just have a quick question of clarification. I just have a clarification question. Um, I think it was step 11 you were talking about with prayer and meditation. Did you say that that's always a step one issue or was I way off base? Um, I'm not sure if I said that, but it, um, what I was saying was Anytime I have a problem, not with just step 11, but with any, any problem in my life, it's always a step one issue because now I'm back in control running my life. And so Perfect. I, need to, I need to get back to that third, that, that second half of step one. Got it. Perfect. Thank you so much. That was just exquisite. I loved every minute. Thank you very much. Welcome. Thank you. So apparently I was supposed to ask for questions first and only do shares if we don't have questions. So does anybody else have a question for our speaker, Terry? All right, it looks like next we have Elisa K and then Debbie F. 
and Elisa K, go ahead. I have, oops, let's see, I'm trying to unmute you. There you go, you are unmuted, Elisa, go ahead. Thank you so much. So I'm sorry, I raised my hand, I guess, before you just changed it to a question. So, but what I was going to say, I want to thank, I mean, that was such an amazing pitch. And I just thank you so much for that. And um, I loved how you went through the steps. And I loved what you were doing on your um, Blackboard. Um, and I, I took so many notes. And I loved um, uh, Grace Over Darkness. I thought that was really neat. I've never heard that before. And um, you talked about circular insanity and that's how I ate and um, die is in diet. I had never heard that before. I thought that was really interesting. And you made me think about, am I a jaywalker? You know, like I, I forget that sometimes that it's so simple when I actually think about how I put food in my mouth and that I continue to do it over and over. And by the grace of God, I have just over a hundred days today. And uh, that's coming out of a several year. Thank you guys. That's coming out of a several year relapse. Um, and I don't know. Um, I, I didn't know I was going to get it back. It was difficult. And April 1st, ironically, April fool's day, um, was the day that I turned it over to God. Uh, it's really a miracle because I'm not sure how that happened. But the things you said, like, how does God want me to live? And, Can you wrap uh, it up, please? Oh, sorry. I didn't know. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I just wanted to say thank you. And um, that was an amazing share. Okay. okay. Now and we we're have... going to go back to taking questions. Thank you. Now we have Debbie F. and then Julie O-R will be after Debbie. And Debbie, you are unmuted. Terry, thank you for your great speech. Uh, talk, heart talk. Uh, Debbie, a uh, recovering compulsive eater. Terry, I wonder if you could comment uh, on your daily practice and also comment if you, how you 12-step any particular problem. Thank you. Thanks for the question. Um, my daily practice is I get up every morning, I read pages 88, uh, 84 to 88. Um, and I turn, I've done it a few different ways um, because I'm always trying, just trying to change it up because so it doesn't get so, um, uh, what do I want to say, so uh, boring um, sometimes. So I, I, I read pages 84 to 88 and uh, I've been reading it in first person so that you know, it pertains to me personally, but I've also turned 84 to 88 into a prayer every day. So it's different. And so I'm bringing God into, you know, uh, the 10th the step and the 11th step as I'm praying each day. I'm just saying whatever comes, you know, whatever comes to my heart. And I turn the 10 and 11 into a prayer. So I do that. My morning, my morning meditation, um, it, it changes all the time. So 11, I like to, I like to share with, um, you know, people, how I keep that conscious contact going, you know, on a regular basis. So, you know, I have a practice in the morning, you know, but also throughout the day, you know, every doorway that I go through, um, that's my connection with God. So I don't say it out loud. So people don't think I'm crazy, but I'll say, you know, thank you God for, for a blessed day or, 
you know, hello, God, or I love you, God, or just something with that conscious contact, because we're always going through doorways. Um, I also, every doorknob that I touch, um, it's another way of connecting with, with, uh, with God each day. So whatever I'm coming in contact, and, and I have a, 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 a timer on my watch where it goes off every hour, so it's another way I, I keep in contact with God. And also, when I'm out in traffic and I'm driving, every red light that I come to, I stop, and that's my time with God. I'll just say, you know, thank you, thank you, God, for a beautiful day. You know, thank you for for a blessed life, or whatever's on my heart. I just I continue to keep that that connection with Him going all day long. And then at eleven, you know, of course I do the nightly review. But um, and I'm sorry, I forgot the second question. I know you asked two questions. I don't know if the second question can. Yeah, be yes. Thank you. Um, the second question was, how do you 12-step any specific problem? There's a little OA, you know, bookmark uh, thing on 12-stepping a problem. Do you, do you use that? Um, I, I know what that is. I have not, I have not used that. Um, I usually, um, if, if I have a problem, I definitely do a 10-step, um, but that doesn't always look like I'm writing it out. So I'm turning to God because that's the practice. I'm turning to God and I'm asking God to remove it. And at the end of the week, if that's not removed, um, then I end up writing and I bump that out with um, a, a person or a sponsor, you know, whoever's available so that I'm not carrying that on. But that's, that's how I do that tense, how I do that. Um, the problem is um, I'm looking at it on a daily basis and asking God to remove it. Okay, next up is Julie. And then after Julie, we have Nikki and then Barbara. And Julie, go ahead, you are unmuted. I was wondering if it would be possible for um, you to um, turn off your mic and show us your completed arch. I'd like to copy a picture of that down on my notebook. Sure, I can do that. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not going to talk, but I will turn on my, my video because it has. So there's the complete arch. Okay, I got it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, great. Um, next up, we have Nikki. And Nikki, you are. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you for your talk. It was wonderful. I was wondering if you have any particular Zoom meetings that you go to on a regular basis that you might mention. I'm in California, so it's nice to know about things in other areas. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I have uh, I have a few Zoom meetings. If um, I believe my contact information is go going to be put over. Um, the conference. So if, if you'd like to connect with me off, off the line, I can I can give you that information. And there's also some great um, OA meetings that I can connect you with too. Okay, and then uh, Barbara, it looks like we don't have any more hands. Should we open it up to um, for a couple of shares? Okay, fine. We have time for a couple of two minute shares. Um, would somebody like to raise their hand to just share with us? Okay, I see Janet Z. And Janet, go ahead, you are unmuted. Okay, great. Um, 
thank you so much. It was so great. Janet, Janet Z from um, Los Angeles area, San Fernando Valley, a compulsive overeater, 100 pounder. And um, I am uh, just so thrilled to have come to, I couldn't decide between the workshop and the speaker, but to hear some good old timey ANA recovery uh, through the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous is always a thrill for me. And I, so it so floated my boat and I love the grace over darkness. I'm going to use that. And um, I just wanted to, you know, touch in and say how grateful I am for Overeaters Anonymous and to be here with all of you at the convention. I'm looking forward to the speed dating. I'll see you all there. All right, thank you. Next up we have Mary and Mary. Sorry, I'm a little clunky with the uh, unmuting. <laughs> there we go, Mary, you're unmuted, go ahead. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Terry. It was a beautiful, beautiful uh, speak, talk, and I really appreciated your insight into all of the different steps. I had a question uh, I was hoping maybe you could address, and that was about physical abstinence, how you got started, how you maintain it, has it evolved, how you deal with that on a daily basis. Thank you. So the the physical aspect, are you talking about my allergic foods or physically outside? I guess I need to get clarification with that. Sorry, I'm trying to unmute Mary. I keep pressing the button and it's not working for me. Oop. Is that Oh my goodness. I'm sorry, Mary. User error. There seems to be quite a delay after you press unmute. There we go. You're unmuted. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, yes, it's just about the physical abstinence, the food. How you deal with the food? Do you write it down every day? Do you give it to a sponsor? Do you, I know that you mentioned about certain foods that you stay away from. I understand that, but about the rest of the food, how you deal with that. Thank you. Thank you, Mary, for the question. Um, yes, I do write down my food and I do give it over. Um, that's something I've, I've always done um, just to keep me, keep me honest. I also weigh and measure um, because I'm a volume eater and I had to get honest about that too. Like, you know, even with abstinent food, you know, you can tell me I, I can have one apple and I'm gonna go to a Whole Foods and buy, this, buy the biggest apple because because I'm dishonest around food. So I always laugh about that because it's like I can justify, you know, I can, I can justify anything, but the, you know, the scale helps me to stay honest and it doesn't, you know, it, I can live life in between meals and it, it, it doesn't, you know, I'm not walking around with a monkey chatter. Did I have too much? Did I have not have enough? And so that has always been my program that I've always weighed and measured because I had to get honest about that. I'm a volume eater and you can tell me I can go out go out to eat and not have to weigh and measure. And my truth is I'll be going out, going out to eat all the time. So um, yes, I do weigh and measure and, and that has never changed. Um, with the food, you know, I stay away from flour, sugar. Um, you know, everyone's different with this. So it's, you know, for me, it's just flour, sugar, um, anything crunchy, salty, fatty. Um, 
you know, I don't do any diet soda. I don't chew gum um, because those are, you know, even though they're artificial sugar, my, my tongue can't tell the difference. And because I can justify, you know, well, it's not real sugar, um, I'll be buying packs of gum and drink it lots of diet soda. Um, and that's been my truth in the past. So I had to get honest with that too. So I'm pretty clear um, and what I can and can't do today. And um, only by the grace of God, I continue to, to live that way of life. So thank you for the question. Okay, great. And Barbara, it looks like we don't have any other hands raised. We have a couple more minutes, correct? Right. Um, okay, if we don't have anybody else. I oh, we do have one more. Do. Okay, great. Um, Holly, and you are unmuted. Go ahead, Holly. Hi. Uh, thank you, Terry, so much for your share. And uh, thank you for the courage that it took you to reveal yourself in the way that you did. Um, that helps us all heal, and that is a service that is priceless. So thanks for that. Um, two things that I just want to uh, point out, grace over darkness. Wow, awesome. Thank you. I'm going to steal that, and um, I appreciate uh, you saying it out loud, and also just the way you presented your share was so beautiful. Also really appreciated your conversation about running your own life has never worked for you. Boy, do I relate to that. Uh, I'm so sure that I know everything. I'm so sure that I have a better perspective than God does, but clearly I don't. And that's part of the insanity and that's part of the disease, isn't it? So um, just wanted to say thank you. And also just wanted to say thank you to everybody that's a part of the R2 convention this year. It's going beautifully, very well executed. I'm super happy. And I'm just really glad that I'm here and participating. Peace and blessings. I'm done. Okay. Well, <laughs> thank you, everybody who shared. That's all the time we have for this session. I want to thank Julie and Terry again for sharing their experience, strength, and hope today, and all of the volunteers that made this session possible. If you haven't already, please be sure to visit the online store to purchase convention-themed products, plus the opportunity to make additional donations to Region 2 if you're able to contribute. For anyone who care to join in, let's conclude the session with a stretch and the OA promise. Okay, we're supposed to stretch, so join me in a stretch. Okay, so standing up and reaching out our hands to virtually put my hand in yours. And then we'll say Roseanne's prayer. So I put my hand in yours and together we can do what we could never do alone. No longer is there a sense of hopelessness. No longer must we each depend upon our own unsteady willpower. We are all together now, reaching out our hands. Oh, sorry. For power and strength greater than ours. And as we join hands, we find love and understanding beyond our wildest dreams. Keep coming back and I hope we can all join hands in real life soon. <laughs>